When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. The littest producer in the game, as he likes to call himself, but he forgets to hit record. Wild weekend, fellas. Wild weekend. <laughs> what does that mean? What does it mean? You Shut up. You don't got wild weekends. Russ, you have very Russ. tame, very tame, monogamous weekends, Tony. Listen, I, I, I love you going at Tony. Believe me, I love that. I love that more than I love my own children. Um, <laughs> but, but look, when, when Tony says he had a wild weekend, uh, let's hear that out. <laughs> let's, let's, find I, I, out let's find out at least what the next sentence right. is before we shut things down. Okay, but I reserve the right to yell at him if it's not wild. Russ, I expect you to. Okay. All right. Tom. I mean, by, by, by comparison, by comparison, I mean, to, you know, the wildlife and times of Russell Dorsey. <laughs> Relax. Know, Dorsey That's do. not going to do this. <laughs> what was um, a wild weekend, Tony? Did you go to Bed Bath & Beyond or <laughs> what happened? Uh, a nice dinner uh, out at Applebee's. There, there was a baby. Well, not yours. Right. It wasn't know. yours. All right. All right. See, can I can I go back to, sh- to yelling at him now? It wasn't even his baby. Like you act like he's you're the only person in these United States that have had a nephew before. Get out of here, Tony. Boo. Are you gonna live with? Boo this man. Are you gonna live with? Don't, That's don't your fault. You don't want to move out. Yeah. <laughs> That's your fault. Yeah. Don't blame the baby for that. It's not like a personal problem. Yeah, you the baby right. like yo. The baby's fault. I'm kind of just here. Yeah. The baby has to live there. You have options. You have forty-five people in your house and still choose to live there. <laughs> the baby's the, the, kinda, ba- hey, the baby. Gotta... Look, I don't appreciate the baby getting uncanceled, right? And then just start taking over houses. That was a poor executed. Joke. That was a super layered joke. Super layered joke. Stick, stick to your day job. It's layered in the way that a dog's vomit is layered. 
<laughs> like there are layers to, to it, it, but I mean, go back made a it. lot of bad jokes here. That one's pretty bad. Yo, can we we actually should set up a Tony set at like Zany's or something, so we he can once and for all see that he's not the comedian that he thinks he is. <laughs> like we have a Tony Gill night at Second City. We invite some people, you know, Lawrence knows like Dave Hellum and all these co- comedians and comics. Mm-hmm. Just have them come open up. Tony can go up there for 20 minutes, bomb, and then we can get out of there. Like, babies, what's the deal with that? <laughs> so kids, right? <laughs> Boo! <laughs> me in the back heckling him. <laughs> Were you trying to do Seinfeld's? Seinfeld, Tony? Yeah, yeah. First, like it's it's been it's been Seinfeld my whole life. I just recently found out it's Seinfeld. Of course, you did. Why does nobody nobody corrected me on it? So I was like, all right, okay, Sein Seinfeld. Seinfeld was very popular when I was in high school, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it now, it's like, I don't think I got it. I'm not sure why I liked it. There's no way I understood that show when I was in high school. I didn't really. My dad loved that show. But really? I was like, uh, yeah. No, wait well, a minute. Your dad loved that show and you think it's called Seinfeld? Yeah. hmm <laughs> <laughs> And like, I don't, I don't get, I don't get Jerry in like in general. Like maybe he's his style of comedy is for me, but eh, you know. Do you like um, comedians and cars getting coffee or whatever? Do I have the that is a great program. Do you like that, that one, right. Tony? Yeah, I enjoyed certain episodes. Like not every episode was gold. It has good replay value. Yeah, like people. Need- the, people <laughs> the people that I liked that I like listening to, you know, those are good. Who did you like on there, Russ? Oh, man. All right. So of the four seasons, um, Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh, no response. We're just. Oh, I thought you were making a list. I have not seen. I don't think I've seen that episode because I have not watched every episode of this. I only watch the episodes mm-hmm. of the people that I am interested in. Um, no, I, I've never liked him. He's a little too in, like kind of intense and over the top for me. Really, I yeah. think he, I, I I think he's funny. Um, Mario Joyner has episode on there, really funny. Obviously, you have your your Larry David's episode is really funny. Like, there's a ton of them. There's four seasons worth, so they're getting free promo. But it's a solid series <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> um, can we start the show real quick? Yeah, <laughs> and I'll tell you that. about sure. my. Uh, events this weekend that made me upset, and I came in with hot takes. Are you you're um, upset? Yeah, yes, and yes. Wow. Drake said okay. fifty thousand on my head is disrespect. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. Uh, Russ Dorsey here is always with my co-host Jason Leisure and good friend who is in Pittsburgh, PA, uh, as we currently record. Uh, one of my favorite cities on the road. Oh, we know. We <laughs> relax. Why. We know relax. why too. Relax. relax because it's a beautiful city with a great food scene and a really cool running trails along the river. Tony Gill is also here day. with us. Tony, no, we're not no. doing it. So we can't I, stop. I didn't hear what he said, we're but I know even, he's right. <laughs> you know what he said. I, I didn't even, hear it, but I know whatever it was was correct. We're less than 10 minutes into the podcast. 
uh, Tony Gill, who is our uh, resident show terrorist. Um, gentlemen, oh. hello. Thank you for joining. Uh, thanks to everybody out there listening. As always, our lovely podcast is sponsored by BetUS. Yeah. Go on BetUS.com. Use our promo code SPORTSADJACENT to get a 125% sign-up bonus when you deposit a minimum of $50 into your account. And also, Obvious Shirts. You can get 10% off in free shipping at ObviousShirts.com using promo code ADJACENT10. Lots of cool stuff up there. All right. I love Portillo's, as most people do. Yeah. Like I love the fact that they're a cultural staple in the city yeah. of Chicago and the Chicagoland area. And I, I think it's cool that they're a Chicago cultural icon, right? Yes. But can I be honest on, on our platform about this establishment? I don't like where this is headed. I got, I got a bad experience this what? week with them. Let's Tony, get Tony, right. Tony is usually come, comes in with the takes, but I got one. Tony, this is a good clip of a moment for a promo, and I think this one's going to go through the roof. Portillo's is not as good as people say it is, and we need to be honest as Chicagoans about that. Oh. It, it's not It's not as good as people say it is. Like, right. it's good. No, Jason, hear me out. It's good. If you want to go in there and get a lot of different types of food, cool. If you want to get your Italian beef, hot dog, they have great salads, like all that shakes, but it's not as good as people both inside and outside the city say it is. And we need to be honest about it. And I think me as a resident native of this fine state, fine city, I think I'm allowed to say it. Like if somebody from LA said it, I'd be like, yo, shut up. But like for me, I think Mm -hmm. I can say it. Um, mm -hmm. Tony, can you let me, let Tony back me up first before you jump in with, with your negativity. Cause your your face is all frowned up. Yeah. Well, I am (laughs) up. I am upset with this opinion you've presented and I'm concerned because um, I guess you're going to be moving now because I don't see how you can stay here once you've said that into a microphone. I'm here for this folk. I'm definitely here with, with Thank you, Tony. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not wrong. Like you, people get mad, but it's not, I'm incorrect. First of all, there's, I'm not waiting in line for 45 minutes to an hour at the drive-thru of any Portillo's. And if you go to any Portillo's mm-hmm. in this lovely Chicagoland area, you're waiting 45 minutes to an hour. And if you know, how, how does anyone eat there from the drive-thru? You can't eat a Portillo sandwich in the car. I guess you're taking it home because there's no way you could eat that in the car. It's not about that. Have you been to any Portillo's? The line is around the block. I never go in the drive-thru. I always go inside well, and I'm, the line's reasonable. Well, I, I hear you, but I'm saying it's the, the food is not that good to be sitting in your car for 45 minutes to an hour and mm-hmm. waste your day. All it's right. not. Well, I, I want my disdain noted for the record here. Jason is guys, clearly frowned up, yes. folks. Yeah, uh, this up. is weird, man. It's like you just said soda in front of me instead of pop or something, or also, you know, just pronounced like jewel correctly or something. Or <laughs> here's this my is thing. weird, man. So also, you do the I do the whole order ahead because I don't want to deal with lines both inside at a drive-through. All right, cool. I'm gonna order online, order ahead. The last five times at five different Portillo's locations, I've done. Order ahead. It's taken an additional thirty-five plus minutes to get my. From the time they say it's going to be ready, it took an additional forty-five minutes. Okay, so what are your other complaints? Is that it, or are there more? And then you're saying the food is just—it's good, but not great. Correct. Okay. Anything else? Tony. Uh, 
Yeah, I just I want to know what, like, the, what the mob with pitchforks is going to be yelling as they chase you to wherever you're well, going to live next, be it Cleveland. First of all, or... the mob follows me uh, with pitchforks anyway. <laughs> it just comes with the territory, so I'm not really concerned about that. I'm just, I'm, I are you going to be mad at me for telling the truth? I'm not mad at you. No, I, I love you no matter what. I'm worried. This is more me being concerned about you because let him, I, let be concerned. It's cool. We're still Talk, a Chicago based show as much as we go outside of Chicago, but I, I'm, not, I I'm mean, concerned it, about it, where this is headed for you. Go ahead, Tom. No, I mean, but it puts more credence to what we're saying that like, I think Portillo's is kind of resting on their laurels. Like the service and quality has mm-hmm. not been up to par. Portillo's say has that, lost Tony. a step. Say it. Portillo's has lost, lost a little a step. on the fastball. They've lost yeah, a step. I think, <laughs> I, I think they need to reevaluate how they do their food making. Like for real. Like either they're not training people properly, or their system is broken. Um, just I got two stories. All right, I'm gonna start with today. My family went to Portillo's. Uh, waited an hour for their food after ordering ahead of time. Um, They were there when they witnessed another gentleman waiting for his food uh, in the curbside pickup. He went in and said, hey, where's my bleeping food? They say, oh, there it is on the rack. They shouldn't have never told him that. So he goes in, he grabs his food and say, it's cold. Like, I don't know if they're hiring too young where like the kids just don't care about mm-hmm. quality and, and service, but something is obviously wrong. And I go to two different, I go to, I go to two different Portillo's and then like a third option one, the one in Orland is the third option. Um, the one in Evergreen next to the Chuck E. Cheese that closed down because they were fighting all the time. Um, <laughs> and then the one in summit, uh, Illinois, all of them have been mid to bad. Um, in like the last like two to three years, and I have no idea why it's happening. It's it's I want to like Portillos. I want to make it a a common thing in my family, but we are slowly stepping away from Portillos as a oh let's go hit up a Portillos like we used to because the quality and the service has just been flat out awful for like wow. a year to two years straight. You know, it's one of those days when me and Tony are in lockstep on our opinions, and I'm very scared by that, and that makes me very nervous for the show, but he's 100% correct. And I will tell you this, because I know there's people out there going, well, during COVID, people are having problems hiring. I'm going to tell you, no, this has been an issue long before COVID ever started. Like This is something I noticed two, three plus years ago. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention and I, I know when people come to Chicago, it's always, oh, let's go to Portillo's. And I'm just like, all right, dog. Go to like, Culver's. Y'all want to go some. Right. If y'all want to go to some go spots, to I got some spots. Go to Culver's. Oh, my yes. gosh, you guys. Go to go to no. Culver's. It's no, not see, working. I, all right. See, Tony, come on, man. We were so close to us agreeing for it. See, whole Russ, this is a slippery slope. I would slope. much rather go to Culver's. This is, this, this you kidding this me? This is the treacherous path you were walking because – um, one thing you don't ever want to do is turn around and see that the only person lining up behind you is Tony Gill. Hey man, if the if if worse come to worse, me and my man Tony can take on the world. You're laughing because you know that that isn't true. <laughs> um, well, uh, Jason, you really ride now on Portillo's? Yeah, I don't eat there that often because I don't really see? eat out that often. Mm-hmm. I don't eat anywhere that often, honestly. I eat but I'm I, saying, like, I this is home. like this, I wouldn't go once and then tell you this. Like, this is something. This is a years of okay. research 
you know, kind of like what Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I was gonna say you've been <laughs> but, doing your research, huh? Yeah. But see, this is this is actual research. I could cite like, not thirty studies. I could go through them right now. Thirty studies. I think between Tony and I, we have a good solid five years of experiences, and I think there's a lot of people out there that would attest to this too. I'm not. I'm not fully shitting on Portillo's. I'm just saying it's not as good as people have portrayed it to be. Okay, if they, well, if they close right now, I wouldn't be mad. Oh, stop. Oh, that's see, come on, Tony. I'm not, not wishing that. I'm not wishing that. Russ, this is, this is where you get, Russ, this is where things go wrong, is you're like, you know, Portillo, the last couple of times I've been to Portillo's, the fries have been a little cold. And then Tony is like, yeah, we should burn one down. <laughs> I'm just like, Tony. Tony. No, not facts. Portillo's not saying that. We should take bottles of Tony, gasoline. That's the law. That's arson. <laughs> what are you talking about? Stop. You need a job. <laughs> what is he doing? Talk about facts. No. That's where he Government, takes it, though. I know, we, we know the laws listen to this. No, we're not committing arson. Tony, shut up. Well, you've been traveling around the country like I have during the pandemic. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think this is part of it. And like I said, I don't really go out to eat much unless I'm on the road anyway. But for example, today at the airport at Starbucks, I waited in line for literally half an hour in the line. And there's three people working there mm-hmm. and everybody's getting mad, but I'm watching. And these three people are working. They are working mm-hmm. feverishly. There is no wasted time. They're not back there joking around, playing around. They just need more bodies. Everybody does. That's not the case. Well, yeah, yeah, we've talked about this on the pod. Like, yes, the world is understaffed, and we're mm-hmm. sympathetic to that. This is not a staffing issue. This is not. I, I didn't, even, is I didn't a... even tell you my story. I didn't even tell you my personal story. All right, go I ahead, went, Tony. I went to Bertillo's Thursday, right? And I had everything planned out. Me and the lady, we're going to see the late movie. We're going to see Eternals at 9.15. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to pick up the food. We're going to eat at my house and then go from there. Um, so I ordered the food at 6 o'clock, right, online. And they say, do you want this ASAP or is there a time frame? I picked the time frame because we weren't ready to leave yet. Okay. I said seven between seven and seven ten. Right. It's like, OK, the food should definitely be ready. Right. If I'm Wrong. ordering Incorrect. at six o'clock, we go there. I'm actually late. And I was OK with that. I was like, OK, my food should be ready to go as soon as I get there. I get there like three, four minutes later than mm. the projected time of seven ten. I and I select curbside pickup. Okay. I text the number on the thing, number two, Tony Gill. Let's do this, right? Ten minutes go by. Fifteen minutes go by. Twenty minutes go by. I'm like, okay, let me just. You're sitting in your car the whole time. Sitting in my car the whole time. With with your girlfriend or by yourself or what? No, with with the girlfriend. Okay. And. I call and I was like, yeah, hey, where's my food? And you know, they're like, they recognize the number. They say, oh, you're the, the Tony Gill order. I was like, yes, where's my food? Um, we're still making it. Did you put your name in as the Tony Gill? I did not. I probably okay, said that's, that. It sounded Maybe. like that's what you just said. No. Um, so they, well, I did say that, but they pointed, oh, you are the Tony Gill order. Right. Yeah, of course. Right. Not, anyway. I get it. Okay. All right. So I was like, but I ordered it at six o'clock and I scheduled it at seven ten, and mm. I got here late. So what, what happened? Well, you know, you got here a little early. Mm. What? Yeah. What? So the representative comes out there. Another 10 minutes goes by. We finally get our food. I'm like, 
could you please explain to me the process of your online ordering? Because I thought I did it correctly. And they're like, well, you know, maybe just call next time as you're going to tell them that you're nah, on your way. On, I said, call. what? Yeah, call. See, Nobody Tony, calls Tony. anybody now. And see, that's that's been the experience I've had. Like, it's like, bro, come on. I'm I'm not doing this. And I'm not doing this for like B B minus food. <sighs> but okay, so like how soon do you think you're going back to a Portillo's rush? You're just like done with them or what? Because yeah, I'm not like believe I'm until they respond. Until they respond. No, no, Tony. I'm sorry. No, 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 buddy. We we heard from you. We know what your plans are. <laughs> and and just in the inevitable case that I get, um, you know, summoned and have to give a deposition over this, I'd like you to stop talking about what you plan on doing at a Portillo's. Russ, you're just like not going to go to Portillo's anymore. Come on. I'm I'm leaving giant. What do you mean? There. You say you keep saying come on like I'm irrational in my argument. Yeah. I, we me we've laid out a 15 minute argument of why. This has been a subpar experience the last five years. And you keep going, nah, man, it's got to be something else. I keep thinking this no, is just blaming. a tantrum. Yeah. victim blaming. Tony, stop. Don't, Tony, come on, man. You're going in a bad place. Jason, I, I, yeah. I, I keep thinking this is just like a like a little, like a tantrum that you're having, that you're just upset, a couple of bad experiences. How can you say that? How you're can gonna, you say you that? You know, you're going to level out and come back and forgive. No, how can you say that? We've been talking about this for 15 minutes. A logical argument of why this place has fallen on my list. And you keep saying, like, I'm th- that's gaslighting to be honest with you. Yeah, you're oh, me. it is. <laughs> what do you, you keep saying? There? The experience that I've had is not realistic. It's not, that's the definition of gaslighting. Yeah, oh, yes, I know what it is. I feel like it's being applied you're a little over seriously in this case, but um. <laughs> <laughs> see that's what guess why this, I'm this doing it again. Man. Oh, I'm doing it again. <laughs> you ain't cahoot, see? <laughs> what do you as a young black man, what, this is what, what, what I oh, okay, right. Yeah, as as a young black man, I, I don't appreciate you denying our experience. Our experiences. Because okay. you know, often white dudes tell us that our experiences don't exist. <laughs> um our Jason whole show Beezer. is uh our whole show actually today is uh is uh misbehavior by the whites, I believe, right? <laughs> We've got Aaron Rodgers, Robert Sarver. Uh, how do you pronounce the Portland Trailblazers GM, Neil Oshie? O'Shea? The Barstool guy. Yo, Robert Sarver said, why can Draymond Green say and I can't? <laughs> <laughs> Russ, would you like to play a new game on the show today? Are you asking or telling I allude. Yeah, I'm telling. It's always telling. <laughs> okay. Anytime I ask you a question like that, it's always like um, you have to say yes because I have a thing going. Uh, but today we're going to play a game called um, "Spin the Wheel of Misbehavior by the Whites." <laughs> okay, let's. So let's <laughs> see where what, it lands. What do we land on? Yeah. What do we land on? Uh, it lands on Aaron Rodgers. I have never heard the Pat McAfee show until now, and I know that it's very popular. Very. Um, the episode I heard with Aaron Rodgers, uh, I was going to bail on it about 10 minutes in, but I was like, no, we're going to, we're going to talk about this on the show. So I want to hear the full thing of what he says to explain his vaccination status. I don't know. What's the journalistic way to describe this controversy? Because I would say it's pretty clear that he lied about his vaccination status. So I would probably I would characterize it that way. He would dispute that. He would say that he did not lie. He said he was immunized. Um, pretty clear what he meant by immunized. In fact, Tony, if you can drop that clip in here for people to hear if they haven't, that would be great. That's an easy clip to find from their press conferences. 
Yeah, I've been immunized. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of conversation around it, around the league, and a lot of guys who have made statements and have made statements, owners who made statements. Um, you know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. He said he was immunized, Russ, when he was asked directly, are you vaccinated in the preseason? He said, uh, yeah, I was immunized. And he also made some reference to uh, that being everybody's choice, and he's not going to look down on guys that are unvaccinated. Uh, he's given a lot of um, highly disputed explanations for why he did not get vaccinated, but that's a separate thing. Um, I think at this point for me, the way I feel about vaccinated versus unvaccinated is I, I'm I'm kind of worn out on it. I don't know how you're feeling. I kind of stopped caring if you don't want to get vaccinated. Like, take your chances. Go ahead. Um, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm more annoyed by people being around me, not wearing a mask properly, honestly, um, because that has more of a direct effect on me, but Aaron Rodgers, the, the issue here is that he saw everybody else who took this stance like Kyrie Irving and Kirk cousins with the Vikings getting pelted for it. And he didn't want any of that. So he lied. I mean, it's just the, the cowardice is the thing that bothers me almost as much as uh, a lot of his flawed explanation for why he did this, Russ. And he, there were so many different things that he said in that. I think it was about 50 minutes he was on with Pat McAfee, who he's on with every Tuesday on the their podcast. Yes. <laughs> he said, I'm not some anti-vax flat earther. Um, sorry, Aaron, but that's what you come off as. Right? That's, that's, that's Kyrie mean, Irving. That's, that's exactly. Kyrie Irving. He's talking, he's talking about Kyrie Irving. And like, he, Russ, do you realize where we're sitting right now? We're sitting here saying that I have like newfound respect for Kyrie Irving and Cole Beasley because at least they, at least, because at least they came out. At least they came out and wore it. At least they didn't hide and lie. They got the heavy ones because they were scared. <laughs> yeah, they have the heavy ones. <laughs> um, he came out and said he's not some anti-vax flat earther. And then for the next 45 minutes, explain exactly why we think he's a anti-vax flat earther with all his yeah. homeopathic doctors and all these things he's doing to boost his immune system with zinc and vitamin D. Like, bro, what what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And and the the most frustrating thing he talked about people were calling first of all though the, he's in the crosshairs of the woke the woke mob and, and all these buzzwords that people who get caught in 4k for their bullshit do and use you knew exactly and, where it was headed when you heard that t phrase yes you knew yeah. exactly where the rest of the next 45 yeah. minutes were going yeah all the all those the word he was he was signaling he was signaling to yes. the people yes. Like using all the buzzwords as the same guy that previously did that, uh, who was the former president of the United States, all those phrases that are connected to that way of thinking um, and to that crowd, Aaron Rodgers used every single one of them. And young Q Ron Rodgers also said that one, <laughs> he wasn't being selfish. Uh, no, you were because not once during his whole 50 minute back and forth on Pat McAfee's podcast, did he stop and think about, man, 
750,000 people in, in just in this country have died from this. That yes. is crazy. And the fact that he said that he followed all the protocols when he was around the facility, but when he was in the media room with reporters, he never wore his mask because, quote, if everybody else is vaccinated and have masks on, then why should I? Which in that statement, you right. say exactly why you think you shouldn't wear one, because if people are vaccinated, you'd be OK. Right. Which shows the vaccines <laughs> like the, 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 the ridiculousness of this entire thing from somebody that I used to like a great deal. And then yeah. we come to find out he is an idiot like this is craziness. He Can said we, several times he acknowledged that uh, that COVID is real, which I, I can't tell you how many times over the last couple of years. I've just been relieved just to hear certain people say that. Um, <laughs> yes, it took a long time. It's not that. a fake yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> but also that there is some uh, some credible evidence that the vaccines help. I, I, one thing I was thinking, Russ, when I was listening to this was, well, there were two two thoughts I had on this front. One, I could picture every single thing he said being said by Jay Cutler instead. And that sounded about right to me. Um, and, and two, he chose a very interesting platform to do this. And Pat McAfee is a former football player and uh, has a very successful podcast. But he even says he even says on there something like, I'm not really a journalist. I'm just a goofball. And uh, I happen to be friends friendly with Aaron Rodgers to be able to have him on here. It, it's interesting that he didn't sit down with, uh, you know, somebody like Lawrence Holmes or Bob Costas or somebody like that, that was going to ask Dan Patrick very hard journalism questions right. and be, and ha- be very well sourced in their information to call BS on any number of things. I'm not and even that, mad. Go ahead, Tony. No. And, and therein lies, and we, we got a lot to get to about what he said, but I think therein lies the issue with uh, the uninterrupted, the players tribune um, players, yes using their own platforms um, to do their own thing because they don't want to be challenged on anything mm-hmm. uh, is something that fans and people uh, observing and consuming sports content should be very, very weary of that. Absolutely. I get it that some people in the media, you know, use their you know platforms for, um, to go against athletes and to actively like demean the athlete and the modern athlete. Uh, And I get that, but also you don't want that though. I'm telling you the complete opposite of that is way worse. Everything Uh, unchecked, right. Of an unchecked athlete um, that isn't getting pushback or questioned um, about what they say or what they do. That is, that is one of the worst things that could happen because there's no objectivity there versus on the other end of that, at least there's some. You're right, Tony. And it's the idea of the victors telling the story. Like, yeah, you get to tell all the good stuff, all the glowing things from your perspective. But at the end of the day, your perspective is only one of the perspectives and you can't tell a full story on one perspective. It's and not so, fully yeah, credible. Right. right. And so I don't, I think it's cool that Pat McAfee has this, his platform and Kevin Durant has his platform and LeBron has his platform and all that's great. I think that's awesome. At the same time, I think there's a checks check and balance you have to have within sports and sports media where it's like, Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, you need journalists on one side of that who can give a 
true perspective from all sides of an argument where it's like, yes, this player is great and amazing, but also this player did this and the team lost. And these are the reasons why. And you can talk about things with both positives and negatives to get that full scope. I think what you're talking about, when you remove those negatives, you're not getting that full story. But that's, I don't think, I like, to me, I don't, I'm not upset with Pat McAfee for, you know, well, one, I he am. has Aaron. I am. Well, I think he has Aaron on his, he has, like, I think Pat McAfee is, is very low on the list of things that we're troubling about Aaron Rodgers. Sweet. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, are you guys familiar with the work that Pat McAfee does? No. Uh, I, I mean, I know he has a pod. Bit. I'm not like, uh, yeah. I know it's kind of a like a rowdy show or whatever, yeah, no, but we'll, okay, go ahead and fill, fill me in. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, the reason why Aaron felt comfortable going to Pat McAfee's show is because those ideals, those thoughts are what propelled him. He gained popularity during Trump's era for a reason. I mean, he I had those same yeah. exact wild takes, wild ideals um, that made a places that Aaron Rodgers felt comfortable. That's why there was no challenging of that. And he uses the excuse of I'm not a journalist, but it's because on his platform, I'm telling you, it's the worst. He is one of the worst people out in media right now because of his takes and how irresponsible he is by spreading misinformation. He, he I'm telling you that platform is was really awful and when i heard that aaron Rodgers was on his podcast i was like i know where this is going before i even heard a single word from aaron Rodgers. i'm i wasn't bigging him up by saying that i'm just saying i think the the spotlight should still be on aaron because i think if we're talking about spreading misinformation i think aaron did that more than anybody else this week um yeah i agree with that Pat, Pat pat mcafee doesn't have to be a journalist I don't I'm not familiar with this whole body of work at all. This is the first time I've listened to a show. Like I said, I didn't really have a problem with him. He he's doing a show. He whatever. Aaron Rodgers is choosing to treat this as a journalistic platform and a credible platform, I think. I it's really more on Aaron Rodgers for choosing to do this here rather than Pat McAfee benefiting from having a weekly interview with Aaron Rodgers. And in a in a organization full of medical experts and doctors when Aaron caught COVID he didn't go to any one of those people no 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 that's not good enough for one Aaron Rodgers former Super Bowl champ and MVP he went to the one and only Dr. Joe Rogan to get that medical advice because Joe Rogan is the guy we should all go to for COVID advice, right? That's uh, uh, Joe Rogan, MD, I believe, Russ, and um, he, he's probably he's also the one that did Aaron Rodgers' collarbone and knee surgeries, I believe, too, right? These guys trust doctors for literally everything in their profession. <laughs> yes, but when it comes to COVID, nah, dog. I, I'm I trust Joe Rogan way more than I trust you. Now he has a medical team. He said that, and I and I believe him that he does. You would if you're uh, worth what he is and your body is worth what he is every year. Um, I would imagine that you would have a full-time medical team, but when I go to the doctor and I hear something I don't like, I figure, you know, the doctor's probably right. And I would imagine that if you're on Aaron Rodgers medical team, 
and he's paying you and you basically work for him, I think when you tell him something he doesn't want to hear, that's probably not good for your job security. So if you, if you want to surround yourself with a quote unquote medical team that is there to tell you, you know, answers that you want to hear to everything, I'm not sure if you're getting the best medical advice. And I got, I got, I got a couple issues with even that, like, if this is a groundbreaking new way to battle this disease that's killed over 750,000 people in this country, they need to be in medical journals. They need to be spreading that information so we all know about the plethora of options there seem to be out there to battle COVID. Like, I mean, if that's the case, who are these people? Where are their articles? Where are their contribution to the larger landscape other than just Aaron Rodgers? If this is the case, like if this, if this, if this is legitimate, what are their names? And why won't you name them? Is it because they know that they will be instantly ridiculed by the medical community yes. if they yes. were found out, out by the community? And if that's so, why are you using them if they will be frowned upon by the majority medical community? And, and Aaron Rodgers said he went to the league and told him everything he was doing to see if he could get some type of exemption. And he said, quote, they thought I was a quack. Yes, Aaron, <laughs> you sat here on this podcast for 15 yeah. minutes, 50 minutes and told us exactly why we think you're a quack. You're giving us all this quack energy and, and talking about you, you went and saw Joe Rogan when you have a team full of doctors in the facility that you've trusted for everything else in your career and said, you know what, I'm taking zinc. And I'm taking this. What's the what's the 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 Joe Rogan ivermectin 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 and and I'm taking vitamin D and vitamin C and vitamin A and and uh, omega three fish oil that that's what all this stuff at GNC that you can take to boost <laughs> your you know. immune system and the and the league was like no your ass is unvaccinated I don't care what you bring <laughs> here to this office get that's out of here. Uh, and then tre- he- treating myself uh, preemptively with bee stings and uh, rubbing radishes <laughs> on my neck. Right. And, t- and saying like the league was trying to shame him and shame guys that are unvaccinated. They are. No, you're, you're shaming yourself. They are a little. They are a little. They're shaming guys. Yeah. Shaming like we have to stop with this whole everybody else is blame. The blame is on everybody. No, it's your fault. You're doing this to yourself. Yeah. Your so and then after saying, you know, the league said X, Y, and Z, and they said that this was okay, and that it, I thought we was gonna win. And the league came right out after that said, Yeah, ain't none of that shit true, dog. Like I, right. that was not true. He at said all. A, What's he said a league a league doctor told him that a, a vaccinated person cannot catch or cannot spread COVID. I, I've followed the COVID news pretty seriously for the last couple of years. I people were not saying yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But people, people just weren't saying that. that. People were saying the same, not the exact same thing, because this evolves. You learn more about this as it goes. Um, But I don't remember that being said. And I think I would have definitely clocked that if I'd heard that and been like, wow, that's great. Uh, I don't I never heard that as a mainstream uh, accepted and analysis of the vaccine that. Yes. Cannot catch, cannot spread. And so I immediately did not believe him that one of the NFL's doctors, this is the thing that people need to understand too about the NFL. This is not a, and this is not an altruistic organization. This is an organization that is about making money. This is for profit. And the things that they're doing, anything that you ever see the NFL do is about making money. 
And so when he says, for example, they're trying to shame players into getting the vaccine, some of what he said is valid. It, it is not really medically uh, fair, I guess you, is, would be the word for it, that he has to automatically be out 10 days as opposed to a vaccinated player can just test negative. Aaron Rodgers could be negative now and go back before 10 days and medically there would be no reason why he couldn't. The league is putting these rules in and trying to, and it is trying to make, I think, life more difficult for unvaccinated players to to push them, to nudge them to get vaccinated because the more people that are vaccinated, the less likely it is that people are going to miss games and the more likely that they can still make all the money that they want to make off the sport. It, and It's never been a cure. Since the vaccine came out, yeah, it's Russ, never been, over that. been Russ, a speak cure. To that. Russ, please, could you please explain that? Because I feel like people don't understand what, and I thought this was like seventh grade science. No, we're I doing thought, this should, left and right. Should be, it should be talking. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was seventh be, grade like, science about how vaccines worked. Since the vaccine came out, it's been widely spread that, yo, this is not a cure for COVID-19. But when you get this vaccine, the chances of you contracting the virus are significantly less than if you were unvaccinated. And I I get so sick of the ignorance of, well, if the vaccine is so good, why are people still getting it? It's just like, I'm not having that argument anymore. That's the main one. The second one is if I'm I'm vaccinated, why do I have to wear a mask? That's the second one. Right. It's like, you know better. And like me explaining this, I might as well talk to this wall right here because like, it's not, you don't want to know the truth because you've been hearing the truth and you've been hearing correct information and you're choosing not to use it. So I'm like you. And then me and Tony, we've talked about this on this podcast. Like I'm, I'm kind of out. Like I'm not telling adults anymore, like who should know what the right thing is. I'm not going to waste my breath on it anymore. I can't, you can't, I can't live like that. And right. And again, like I'm not, if you don't, at this point, if you don't want to get vaccinated, cool. Stay away from me. Put on a mask. That's it. And don't be like, you don't get the privileges of the vaccinated people. Like you just don't like, and again, I'm not angry that you don't want to get the vaccine at this point. I was, but now I just don't care anymore. Just put on your mask and stay six feet away from me. We're all good. And if, if again, if you don't want to do that, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to get vaccinated, cool. Cole Beasley's, uh, following the protocols he's putting on his mask all these other players that have came out in the nfl they're doing what they're supposed to do and look we left them alone Kirk cousins played today in a, in a, in a tough game against the ravens like nobody it, it's over and done with we know he's one of those dudes so let him be one of those dudes but don't lie like don't don't lie what point of lying about it it just makes it seem like dude you're soft dude not like not, not only are you a liar but it's like you're not you're a narcissist and you're, you're, you're a child. You're a child because you don't want to face backlash for something that if, if you lie, that means you know you're doing something that's, that's not right. Russ, let's get into what he mentioned about the protocols there in a minute. By the way, from the CDC, uh, a, vac- a fully vaccinated person has five times less of a chance of getting infected, just infected, just catching a case of COVID-19, uh, better than 10 times uh, reduction of your chance of being hospitalized or dying from it. Um, the protocol 
becomes an interesting conversation here for me, not because I care about Aaron Rodgers getting fined a few hundred thousand dollars, which is nothing to a guy that makes $38 million a year just playing football, let alone all of his other endorsements and things like that, which, by the way, will be um, packing their bags and Correct. looking for someone else very soon. He's already uh, he's already lost his one with a a medical partner. Well, that's the first to go. That's kind of automatic. Yes. <laughs> that's been everybody. Kirk Cousins lost that as well. Uh, I don't think Cole Beasley had one, but if he did, that would have been gone. And uh, um, the herb sage is uh, has disassociated itself from Kyrie Irving, I believe. Not a medical institution, <laughs> just, just, this, just the herb sage that you buy at the grocery store. Um, he said, and this is obvious, that he knew this was coming. He was unvaccinated. He knew at some point he would be outed for that because um, usually when he's got most of the league is vaccinated. And so when one of these guys tests positive with a breakthrough case, they have to a vaccinated player in the NFL just has to test negative twice, basically, is the short version of it. And they can come back. So it doesn't matter how many days it is. An unvaccinated player who tests positive, it's 10 days minimum right out of the shoot. It doesn't matter if Aaron Rodgers tests negative five or six, twice in a row, uh, five or six days in, he's sitting out 10 days. So when you had him test positive, I believe on what it was, it a Tuesday maybe or something like that. And they right off the bat said he's out Sunday. That's how everybody knew if you follow the protocol. And I don't know if everybody does. It's okay. If you don't know all this, like I have to know all this every week. And this is by the way, like speaking of things in journalism and why, uh, and having to know this, I was asking players on the bears in August, in press conferences, the first time we're getting taught some of these guys, are you vaccinated? And it's not necessarily, it's not because I care about anybody's, you know, personal health decisions, really. It's because you want to know when something like this comes up, you want to know, is a guy going to miss the game? Is he going to miss two games or whatever it is? But Aaron Rodgers, uh, that's a side, that's a, that's an offshoot. Aaron Rodgers has known all along this was coming. He's known from the day he reported to camp, this would come eventually. It would be clear to everyone that he was unvaccinated and considered unvaccinated by the league. And Russ, if he knew, the Packers knew and the league knew. Everybody has known that this was coming and been afraid of Aaron Rodgers, I guess, and bowed to him because they have not made him follow protocols and they have not fined him to this point for obvious violations that he even admits he says i follow all the viol- all the protocol well i mean minus this one that i don't agree with and minus this other one that was on instagram and whatever because else. So, because he's well, the next mlk yeah, that's right Kim, yes i was gonna i was gonna bring <laughs> that right. up like should we hit uh, mlk real quick uh i was gonna just talk about some of the about the, the, the <laughs> ignorant and disrespectful things he said in not only the mlk thing like it's just like all right that's where i was just like all right this is this is life. This is a simulation. Like this is a simulation. We are not living in. You reality. think this is performance art or something? This is. No. We're gonna wake up like Inception. And this won't, yeah. None of this can't be real. And he then, brought up. Uh, uh, he brought up an MLK quote about uh, you have an obligation to oppose unjust rules. I would say MLK was opposing some slightly different rules than Aaron Rodgers. Right, and then also like Aaron Rodgers whole- and his union that he's a part of collectively bargained for and agreed to these rules. But you know. <laughs> Yeah, splitting or hands like, here, Russ. Splitting the the when he or that, and then when he talked about, oh my, what happened to my body, my choice, as if what you were doing is similar to uh, women being controlled because they're pro-choice and everything that was happening down in Texas uh, with abortion laws. Like, are, are you fucking it? Are you in? Are you an idiot? Like, what is the the the? 
Where were you when you listened to this, Russ? Because you look like you're in pain now. So help me understand. Where, where were, were you driving a car when you were listening to this? Because that doesn't sound safe. What, what were you I was honestly, I was at the gym listening okay. to the podcast. And like yeah, on the when treadmill? I heard him. No, lifting. And when okay. I heard him talk about the whole my body, my choice thing, it was just like, I can't believe that a guy that had up to this point been so careful with his words uh just said fuck it i this is exactly how i feel i'm not i'm taking off the mask no pun intended of who i actually am and like no because some women being pro-choice that doesn't hurt other people like you deciding to not be vaccinated that hurts not only the people around you in your immediate circle, but that helps the 53 players and teammates that you have, uh, 52 teammates that you have and the coaching staff and the people that work in the facility and players, particularly on another team. Like this is in the general run. public. Yes. This is not, this is not just a Aaron Rodgers problem. This is a problem that sh- the Venn diagram of people. This affects is insanely large. And to act like it's just, oh, my gosh, woe is me because they're making me do all these things. And they think I'm some kind of quack for wanting to take all these, you know, different herbs and supplements to boost my immune system to fight COVID. And by the way, it must not work that well because you caught COVID. Um, Come on. Like, what are we doing here? (laughs) And so, like, for so many different reasons, I'm just like, I'm I'm out, man. You know, it's the funny the funniest thing about it is he's so worried about this vaccine like hurting his body and he could literally die at you know, a moment's notice at every play every sunday i think the uh i think the the thing that made me laugh out loud that i read about the coverage of this was it was just a throwaway line in a very straightforward news news story just a, a mentioning a biographical fact of him uh, on Aaron Rodgers that he got engaged to Shailene Woodley, the actress, and it said uh, Shailene Woodley, comma, who prides herself on making her own medicines. <laughs> and, uh, and, and like, like here I am, like some common fool going to Walgreens for my medicine when I could be just making it at home. I didn't even realize that. Um, he says he says a lot of things that I think are very are very well thought out, even though I don't agree with him. This is his logic. He says a lot of things also that sound like, you know, your crazy, uh, your crazy relative on Facebook when he's talking about, you know, yeah. healing people. There's no money in that. And isn't that interesting, really? And just like le- just saying something stupid and pithy like that uh, or like, you know, com- my body, my choice, Russ, or uh, comparing himself to uh, I-, I shouldn't say he compared himself to Martin Luther King, but no, even, he did. Drawing a, even drawing he a did. loose. No, even drawing a loose connection between these two things is absurd. Um, thro- just throwing those things in and out there. That, I mean, he's discrediting himself along the way to me. That that you're showing me that you're just kind of some of this might be your own logic that you've come up with that I think is flawed and I disagree with. But a lot of it is you're reciting some talking points that you've heard somewhere. Yeah, and I think here's here's the thing, and I think uh, what people are are missing as well is. People think that, oh, you don't want to have a conversation, you know, like make it a conversation like they, they, they keep saying that like you don't have to bash me or shame me. Let's talk about this. But in a conversation, 
there's there's an if you want to actually have an authentic and truthful conversation and honest conversation there has to be some authenticity uh to it to actually for it to be progressed um and also you got to be honest and he says he wants to have the conversation but Aaron, we can't have the conversation if you're hiding the information or if we don't if we're not agreeing on the facts that's right. the problem and, and that's been the, that's been the disease of our country for a while now is that we're not even arguing over the same set of facts. As far as far as the NFL and the Packers are concerned, Russ, the NFL was fining coaches last year hundred thousand dollars, and these guys yeah. make a lot less money than players like Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Hundred thousand dollars for not wearing their mask properly. That's it. Mm-hmm. It seems kind of minor in hindsight, like because you see, I mean, I'm not endorsing it or defending that behavior, but you're seeing people do it all the time. You see people do it on flights. They don't have the mask over their nose or they leave their mask down at, at the airport when you're not supposed to or in a grocery store, uh, whatever. Um, if they're finding those guys $100,000 and their teams a quarter million, they're clearly taking it very seriously with them. But then when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, they've known all along that he's been ignoring these rules and the protocol. And I mean, as much as he got caught this week, I feel like the NFL and the Packers got caught. He needs to be suspended. He's not going to be, but he should be suspended for how many months are we in, Russ? Three months? Yeah. Three months of violating the protocol that his union agreed to? That that should be suspension worthy. Yeah, I think uh, this is the first case of somebody at that level in football um, not only testing positive and being unvaccinated, but just being just spreading misinformation. Uh, I think it's one of those things where football got ahead of the game for once and said, yo, yeah, we're not taking any chances. Basketball, same thing with vaccinations. Um, It's one of the things where the sport I cover has not done that because there are a lot of players that have that same view as Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. And if you have the top five of the top 15 players in the sport that feel that way, I think you have some issues. Um, so yeah, it's uh I'm very curious to for that first press conference when he comes back because uh I, I'm not. It's gonna be more of what we no, heard on the Pat McAfee yeah. show. Although the questions but, well see be here's my thing guy you can't you can't it they're real journalists in that room, not Pat McAfee. That's why I'm I'm intrigued from a journalistic point of view. I, and I, think, I hope there's a quality questioning there. I, and this is something that I wondered too. Um, he talked about being canceled and being about to be canceled. And Pat McAfee was talking about, we're going to get deplatformed for doing this interview, which no, you're not buddy. Uh, he wants to be canceled. I think it's become this thing of like, the, if it's like a badge of honor to be canceled, right? This is, gonna, self-fulfilling prophecy. this is going to make him popular with a group a little bit like Kyrie Irving, but Aaron Rodgers has taken this as even a step further. This is going to make him popular with a group that I'm not sure he's going to enjoy so much being popular. He says on there that he doesn't want to be, that he's not political, but he sounds very much like he is. Um, how do you think this goes over publicly and especially considering where he lives in Green Bay, Russ? I think that first game back at, uh, at Lambeau Field, he's going to be embraced with open arms. Yeah, standing ovation probably. Absolutely. Hey, this is Jason Leisure. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent. We're glad to have you. And we are glad to have BetUS 
as one of our sponsors. Go to betus.com.pa. You can bet on all sports there, NFL, NBA, college, everything. Uh, they, they have lines for this weekend's NFL games. They've got over-unders, futures. And the best thing that I can tell you about it is if you use promo code SPORTSADJACENT, all one word, you get a 125% sign-up bonus. So you put in $100 to start your account, they'll kick you 25 right off the bat. Uh, some of the games I'm looking at this weekend are the Cowboys as a 10-point favorite against the Falcons. Uh, I think the Falcons are going to at least put themselves in position to cover on that one. Uh, the Titans are a three-point favorite at home against the Saints. The Titans had a big win against the Rams, but I'm not confident in them without Derrick Henry, and I am confident that the Saints are going to figure something out and at least make a game out of that. I'd pick the Saints in that one. The Bucks are a 10-point favorite on the road at Washington football team. I, I, you could not convince me to bet against the Bucks covering at any point now for the rest of the way, unless they're playing like Green Bay or one of those elite teams. Um, Steelers are a nine-point favorite over the Lions at home. Got to figure the Steelers will cover on that. Chargers are a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Vikings. I think the Chargers are good. Justin Herbert, if you've got a quarterback, you are on the right track, and I and the Vikings don't. So I don't think that uh, – I would definitely pick the Chargers to cover on that one. The Cardinals are a 10-point favorite at home against the Panthers. At home, I think I'd bet on them covering that. And then a uh, big game for the Rams coming off that loss Sunday night. They're, they are a four-point favorite at home against the 49ers. I think that's they're due for an eruption there, and uh, they will cover that. Um, looking at the championship odds, the latest odds, that U.S. still has the Bills and the Bucks as the favorites to play in the Super Bowl. The Bucks are 11-2 to uh, to win it all. The Bills are 6-1 to to win it all. The Rams are 15-2 to to win it all, so pretty good there, too. I know that both of these teams have looked uninspired lately, but the Chiefs and the Packers are 10 to 1 to win it all. And I think if you're looking for value, those are really teams that you got to think about because it's very difficult, all things considered, to bet against Patrick Mahomes and to bet against Aaron Rodgers. I think those guys could figure it out over the course of the year. Still half a season left. But uh, thank you for joining us in, in this week, and I uh, hope you're enjoying the conversations that we're having. Again, brought to you by BetUS. And you can use promo code SPORTSADJACENT, all one word. You get a 125% sign-up bonus. And uh, you support a company that supports us. So thank you. What is proper Instagram etiquette when it comes to liking photos? I don't know. I hope you're not asking me. Well, it's rhetorical, but it was Thank, something. Thankfully, been, oh my gosh, I'm so glad because I did not know the answer to that question. <laughs> it's something I had been thinking about, and Jason, this is more directed at Tony, but I want you to be a part of this okay. because this is part of your training into young people. I'm gonna have so, a lot of questions. So you're not a you're not a frequent Instagram user, I know, because you have before we started a pod, you hadn't posted in like three years. Yeah, I did one like last month, and uh, then I kind of forgot again that I had it. It's it's cool. It's cool. So all of my Instagram pictures are pictures of a football stadium that I'm at that day too. Yeah, dude. No, you're not an Instagram. Dude. I don't think I'm <laughs> doing it. I, I don't think I'm doing it right. You're doing it wrong. And I, that's you. fine. We're I don't really care. We're gonna help you with that. So like, okay. I was on IG the other day, and a young lady that I follow put a nice photo on there. The problem was, I had, she had just posted it, so it's like so and so posted thirty seconds ago. 
like while you had the app open? Yeah, kind of? yeah. So it's just like coincidence. Yeah. So it happens like when you refresh yeah. and somebody posts a photo while you you refresh that page, it's like so and so posted 30, 45 seconds ago. Yeah. Is it like so? Do you have to wait? Because to me, I think like you can't like within a minute or two, I think honestly five of them posting the photo because you seem like you're thirsty. Yeah, yeah, you're like, because now you lust in 30, mm-hmm. 30 seconds. Yes, good job. I Jason. used that word like, right. 30 Tony seconds. looks really proud. If you like the photo 30 seconds, I, it's just like, yo, hey, I'm here and I want you to know <laughs> I like this photo. <laughs> Yeah, right. first but, one, first one to like. Yeah, yeah you can like, you can't be the first like of somebody's right. photo. I don't care yeah. how fine that person is. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, you. I think you have to wait five minutes before liking the photo. Does that does make that, a big, does that is seem, five does minutes that different than thirty logical? seconds? No. Yeah, very much so. Because I don't if, know, if, bro. Some of these people five minutes. You, you could have two hundred fifty likes already. Like. <laughs> Listen. I don't know, and this is the this is the world that I would have a lot of trouble navigating. I think if I was single and trying to figure out how to date in twenty twenty one. Well, see, that's the thing; it's not even dating. Like, it's super innocent sometimes. Like, it's like, yo, this it's is all photo. everything is dating. Everything in a way is dating. Everything it is, is always but dating. This, but this this is rooted in innocence because it's like, yo, I think this is a nice photo. But I still can't be the first person to like this because they're gonna think yeah. I'm onto some lusting. Like, I, I, yo, sure. I'm trying to let you know I'm thirsty right now. Thirsty. I need a drink. You know. <laughs> so I'm. Uh, I, I, all right, I, I got this one for you. I figured this okay, out. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, here's what you do. So you see it, and you like it. I, you like it, like literally in your mind. Or you're like, in I like my mind. That. You don't click like on that or click a heart. I think it is on. Uh, Oh, that's Instagram. the thing. That's the thing. You get you you drop the eye like. What you like it with your eyes? You know, yeah. give it a little. And then well, you come well. back later. You set you a reminder. Later. You set an alarm or a reminder in your phone to come back not five minutes later, but like five hours later. Like, oh, I just happened to see this. <laughs> see, that's <laughs> more thirsty. You just you, you think about it that oh, moment. I gotta set a reminder. Oh, that's better. You save the you could save the photo. They won't know you saved it. I don't even know what that means. What do you mean save? There's an option. You can where you, you can, can save, save a photo a in like this collection of photos and posts on the gram. It's been okay. around for a long time, right. Jason. We'll we'll okay. go through after the pod and help you out. But yeah, like, I I just I just didn't want like in this day and age, everything on social media can be taken a certain way, sure. and like it shouldn't. Like we should live in that world where like me liking a photo within a minute of you posting means I feel a way about you. Like you did a whole segment, photo. Russ, about one of your friends didn't like your photo fast enough. That's me making a joke about Maddie Lee. Shout out to Maddie. <laughs> I think it's one of those but, things like sometimes people say something that they make sound like a joke, but isn't really a joke. That was stop it. I know what you're doing. This was not that. That's me joking with Maddie. But this is really like, yo, this is a cool photo, but I don't want you to think that I'm lusting out here when I'm not. What do you think, Tone? Here's my thoughts on on that, Russ. Um I think the adding of more anxiety over something as mundane as uh Instagram like I think is adding unnecessary stress. And even though it seems little like having an entire thought process 
on do I like this thing? Yes, I like this thing. Or no, I don't like this thing. I think is, I I think will age you. And I think is kind of like a crazy way to kind of go about um, social media where you're constantly trying to predict what the other person's reactions is, I think is a real heavy and clouded space to be in. That's, you just described social media. That's what social media but, is. But, but it's I not know, a crazy but, approach to social but media. It's also, social media living like that is crazy. If if you let it, like if you allow it to be that thing, social media doesn't have to be that yeah, thing. Yeah, but for almost everybody it is, Tony. Especially, but I, but, especially like this is an area where we, I, I sometimes will like push back when Russ talks about our age difference because he's in his late 20s, I'm in my late 30s. And I think that in a lot of cases, it really doesn't matter. But in this, it does matter because you and him, you and Russ grew up with this. Yeah. I did not. And this came around when I was already a formed adult. I didn't have any of this stuff when I was like 12, for example. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see how I don't see how someone your age really has a way out of this. You, you've just it lived this way your whole life. It's how it's how you uh, approach it. Like. If again, if I understand who I am and my intents and what I'm doing, I don't have any bare bones on the actions that I have because my intent and my if the underlying being is going to express itself out outwards in my actions. So if I like, oh, this is a like this is a nice picture. I'm gonna like it. Does the like matter if it's five hours later or now to me? No, but I'm doing that math in the mental gymnastics for the other person. And I have right, no right. idea what that other person is thinking right. or what they're doing. So if I'm constantly worried about the other person, what am I doing? You know, and you know what's <laughs> funny, Tony? Like, I usually don't think about stuff like this. Like, I think I'm in the space of social media. Like, it's it's whatever. Like, it's more fun for me than it is for most people. But at the same time, like, this is was the only time. It's one of those only things where I actually do think about it. It's like, dang, I can't like this. 30 seconds after she posted. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to do that, dude. Because you know there's people on here thirsting. Like, yo, I can't wait till Shorty posts this joint. And I'm right there with like... But you know... I know I'm not. Right. But then, yeah, it's weird because it's just like, yo, I know I'm not, but I don't want this person to think I'm in this group with these weird sickos out here in the comments. Like, that sounds know? exhausting. That just sounds it exhausting. Is. It is. Think about. You're right. You're not That's wrong. You're right, Jason. You're 100% right. Yeah, I mean, again, like, it is, Jason's absolutely right. That is extremely exhausting over... If you're liking something like the the premise of liking something on Instagram is you're giving a, a person a compliment. This is a nice photo. I like the way you took this photo. Mm-hmm. Anything added to that or any, it, and it's a simple thing. Here's a heart. Anything added to that is up to that person on how they take it. And I can't control that. Um, I only control what you only control what you can control. Um, and anything on top of that, I think just adds so much stress, anxiety, all these other things. Uh, to your lives. And I think being wary of that, like we talked about last week, right? About asking your questions, like, why does this make me feel this way? When we were talking about discussing salary, your salary. Mm-hmm. I think a, a good mental exercise in social media is all this little, like, mundane, is asking yourself, why do I, why does this make me feel this way? Like, what is the reasoning behind me feeling this way for this little thing? Like, for these little mental gymnastics. 
And I think you will find like learn a lot about yourself and how you react to these things if you want to, you know, know why you're doing the things that you're doing. And go deeper than that. Like, this is just me joking with my friends about not wanting to look thirsty. Imagine these kids out here, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, that are just really about posting, about what what they yeah. people think look good. Like kids, you talk about anxiety, anxiety at an all-time high because of mm-hmm. something as simple as photos on an app. There's ang- there's anxiety and exhaustion with all parts of social media. And I think even if you're using it just for, you know, very mundane, simple posts as a reporter about news that there's, you never know how that's, how it's going to get over, uh, how it's going to go over, what kind of flood of like notifications you're going to get over this. Um, Life is in general, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of really stressful things about life. There's no matter what stage of life you're in, whether you're, you know, 12 or, or my age, 37. I mean, there, there are so much, there's so much anxiety. There's so much stress. There's so many difficult situations. There are so many things in life that will require your mental and physical energy and exhaust you. And this, so, you know, living your life on social media, I feel like just doubles or triples all of that. It's like whatever you're dealing with out in the real world, you also are going to have to deal with here. Jason, um, it seems like like, and this is like a, ser- a semi serious question. You have two daughters; they're really smart. Mm-hmm. They're growing up in this social media, you know, yeah. age. Yeah, knowing all the information, knowing that how it uh, this affects particularly young girls. Yes. Um, how do you? How are you and Ashley like? Kind of because they're going to be on it eventually. It's a part of yeah, society the now. Like, yeah. How do you protect? them in that aspect and also how do you teach them about the ways that social media can negatively uh impact or affect them i don't know it's it's scary it's one of the scariest things that i have to figure out in life and you know my oldest daughter is 10 which is already the age where a lot of the a lot of her friends have phones and have access most of it limited access some kind of uh, parent filtered access to social media, but I, you can't just abstain from it. I don't see how you could. I mean, are we going to like live like we're Amish and the kids don't have access to the internet or devices or anything like that? Probably not. Um, but you, you know, especially, especially somebody in my position who has not, this has not been their entire life. This is something that came up during their adulthood that sprung up like social media has, you know, you know exactly what life was like without it. And you know how dangerous and damaging it can be to people's mental health and emotional health. And I I don't know the answer to that. And it's a scary thing to be a parent and to be right on the precipice of that time and not have that answer. So I think we agreed wait five minutes like the photo. (laughs) I can't decide if Robert Sarver is better or worse than Donald Sterling. I don't know. Some parts of it seem not as bad and other parts of it. They're cut from the same cloth. Same word. There's not a... It's a difference that's not worth finding. Maybe you need a microscope. I don't think he's as bad. Yeah. 
Mm, who would you rather They're work for? Cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Starver. I don't think there's a better or worse. No. Who would you rather work for? The answer is no. Why don't you set this up for the audience? Give, give us give us thirty seconds here, Tony, on just laying out the Robert Sarver thing, so we have like kind of uh, some parameters within which to have this discussion. Robert Sarver wanted to say the N word and was confused as to why. That's a great start. Yes, that is correct. Uh, <laughs> I hope that wasn't your entire recap of the situation but uh that needed to that certainly needed to be said and i know that was the part that got you oh but yeah i mean robert sauver owner of the phoenix sun is alleged to essentially be a slum owner you know we use the word you know slum lord essentially being a slum owner um disregarding uh normal healthy working environment habits um saying things he probably should not be saying in any professional environment <laughs> like like what tony he's saying things that are uh that are I'm, racist I'm, sexist i'm still uh, leaning on the alleged on, on the alleged here that's why i said probably okay well okay, just be a little more specific I'm trying to protect I'm the show. Read. You, you have oh, never right, about to time. Good job, Tony. Right. Yeah. It took you. You, you don't even know what it means. To say I don't want to protect the podcast that pays me. I'm going to do that. Um, well, honestly, hold on. Let's stop here. What What are you doing? What, what are you doing? Where did it get into your mind to protect the show? Because it, you don't even understand what that means most of the time. Russ and I tell you we have to take this out to, to you know because this will be problematic for us or problematic for the show. And you never seem to understand why, why, why now have you chosen that? You're like, I, I want to make sure I protect the show. Um, you know, the, you know, the baby and as a black man, Jason, <laughs> babies are really important. The baby. It's not right, your baby. Gonna, it's not I'm, your Jason, baby. Jason Trust it's not his baby. It's not his baby. He's going to do this like, all people, the time. He's you like, know, well, you know, know the baby. Sidebar, you know what pisses me off? Like, I'm happy. Cute baby. I'm happy for Tony's brother and his sister-in-law. Like, that's awesome. But people up here talking about, oh, my God, Tony, congrats. It wasn't his baby. But that's his, yeah. as, like, that's my man. I can't tell him that in public. And public <laughs> well, I'm happy. Oh, you mean this was on social media? Yeah. Yes. That we just <laughs> gave you, a 20 Tony, did you, speech about. Did you post a picture of your new nephew in a way that made it seem like you had had a baby? Oh, no. No, no. I said... Yeah, I'm he did say, he I, did say I'm I said, uncle. this is my nephew. I didn't claim the baby okay. that I... But you, he just through. did, though. He just did, though. Yeah, so people who didn't are. see his like, Twitter would be like, oh, my God, Tony had a son. And yeah. it's just like, no, he had a nephew, and he claiming that that's you know, his kid you, now. You had nothing to do with this. Points. Yeah, I know. Well, I, didn't, I, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not masking just, that. This is just this something is that nephew. happened to you. This is like the same way that... go to the hospital. Yeah, this is like, you know, how the mail comes and I go get the mail out of the mailbox. I didn't do anything for it to get there. It just showed yeah, up. That's what happened to you here. You didn't. But, it, but your, but your name is on it, though. Your name is on the mail. You're not going to do any of the actual work with this baby either. I know that. I held the baby. Yeah. Um. Back to. <laughs> do you want to get back to your uh, to your recap of Robert Sarver? Yeah. So back to yeah. Phoenix Suns owner, Robert right. Sarver. Uh, I, Tony had his chance. Like, Are you just going to do it? Okay. I was talking to Tony. You're about to just take the wheel from him here. Okay. All right. It's cool. He's done now. He's trying to protect the show, Russ. Uh, who in ESPN's latest report of, of his actions as owner is allegedly a serial racist and misogynist, uh, quote one 
and this you this is how you can tell people are fed up with this. This is a minority owner of the Suns that said, told ESPN, the level of misogyny and racism is beyond pale. Quote, it's embarrassing as an owner. Said a former Suns executive, there's literally nothing you could tell me about him from a misogynistic or race standpoint that would surprise me. That shouldn't make me laugh, but that's the person that is owning a franchise and it's about to be a wrap because as we saw with Donald Sterling a couple years ago, once this is out in, in, in the public eye, no, Tony, you could say that, but it, it's, it's, we're at this level now. I, I want to come back point. to that, to that part of it in a minute, because I was wondering the same thing and I kind and I had mixed feelings about it, but um, Baxter Holmes is the reporter that did this for ESPN and he interviewed more than 70 current and former Suns employees. And Robert Sarver disputes a lot of it through his attorneys, through state. They, they must have presented him a, a list of all the things they were going to bring up and did he want to respond? And he just responded to a lot of them. And some of them he's like, yeah, I did that. And I, uh, you know, that was wrong. Or I didn't mean it that way or whatever. But e- either way, like plenty of it, he actually acknowledges. Um, this It paints a consistent picture, this story. There, the, the, all of it really fits together like puzzle pieces to me. And when, you know, you have someone, Baxter Holmes is a credible reporter mm-hmm. and interviewed more than 70 people. Like it, it sounds like he was hearing the same thing from a lot of those 70 people, Russ. I want to read the story from 2016 where former Phoenix Suns head coach and former player Earl Watson uh, was in his third game as a coach of the Suns. And following the game, Robert Sarver walks in and had this conversation. And this is Earl Watson on the record with ESPN. With his name on it, yep. This is from ESPN's report uh, about Baxter Holmes. After the loss, Suns uh, majority owner Robert Sarver entered the coach's locker room, Watson told ESPN, quote, you know, why does Draymond Green get to run up the court and say Sarver, who was white, allegedly said, repeating the N-word several times in a row. You can't say that, Watson, who is black and Hispanic, told Sarver. Why? Sarver replied. Draymond says, you can't say that, Watson said again. I I just... Before I don't know you what... continue, can we just clarify that those are Tony's laughs in the background? <laughs> I, I just, to be honest, like, I... I don't know. Like I'm, I want to be speechless. I I know this happens though, and so let's spin the conversation forward because reports out. Everybody knows what's happened. This is well sourced, and now we're in. I think four days since this, four or five days since this came out. Came out on November the fourth. When this comes out, we will be almost a week since the report came out. Where do we go from here? Well, by the way, um, there's not a lot of anybody that looks really good in this. But Earl, if there are some heroes in this story, I think Earl Watson is one of them. Earl Watson standing up to him uh, at the risk of losing his job. And Robert Sarver at one point, uh, because of a dispute he's having with Rich Paul over a player. Rich Paul is also Earl Watson's agent at the time um, and maybe still is. I'm not sure. But he told that he, uh, Robert Sarver told Earl Watson to. Sever ties with Rich Paul or we'll fire you. And Earl Watson, who does not have much of a resume as a head coach and has a lot to lose, wouldn't do it and took his firing. Um, as far as where this goes, when when everything happened with D- 
Donald Sterling in the Clippers, it, that didn't take long before they had him out of the building. And you had players that potentially were refusing to play uh, in other games in other cities. But there was a tape. They, they had a tape of him saying things in that case. I don't know if they'll get Robert Sarver out for this. It has seemed for a long time. I, I, this isn't the first time I've heard Robert Sarver's name. Right. It seemed like for a long time this isn't somebody that the NBA and its players and his fellow owners want. And this story references a time when the other owner, owners, uh, the other minority owners of the uh, Suns were trying to get him out. So maybe that is uh, a movement that had a lot of momentum already and this was all they needed to finish it. But there, there's no tape here. Yeah, there's there's no there's no video or audio of him saying something. And, and that makes a big difference. Not, not, not as far as uh, not as far as how wrong something was, but as far as um, I think public mo- momentum and having some grounds legally to force somebody out. I think it's just like it's so well sourced, right? Over 70 people were did Baxter Holmes talk to for this piece? Yeah, I get it's not on, you know, you, there's no recording like we heard Donald Sterling saying, telling his girlfriend to stop bringing black people to my games. Um, it's not that. But at the same time, like these are current employees. One of the minority owners is quoted in this piece anonymously. Like this is enough of a distraction for the NBA to be like, you. Like, I don't know if we can keep doing this, Robert Sarver. Um, one, I don't think he's going to be out as uh, the owner. Um, and it's for a couple reasons uh, that I think that makes this different than Donald Sterling. Um, one, Donald Sterling kept talking. He kept doing interviews, kept making itself more obvious and obvious that He is a racist, misogynist, all those things that will get you removed um, from positions of uh, authority. Um, Another is the rest of the owners in the NBA hated Donald Sterling. Yeah, but I think they hate Robert Sarver, too. I don't think they hate him on the level of kick him out. I mean, I don't think they hate him on that level. Uh, And uh, another reason is, does Adam Silver really want to be the guy that essentially fires two of his bosses in his tenure? Like that as as bad as Donald Sterling was and is, um, and as bad as it is, those are still his bosses that Adam Silver has to be subject to. Um, as much as he wants to be pro player getting rid of another owner um, that isn't majority hated by the rest of the owners isn't as simple as just do it and then it happens. Um, and also another thing... Because it's not Donald really up Sterling, to him. It's not really up to him, to yeah. your point. Adam Silver right. serves at the pleasure of the other 30 owners or whatever it is. Right. And if, if he doesn't get a majority ruling that or majority feeling from the owners that they want him out, Robert Sarver will not be out. Um, Another thing, Donald Sterling was actually active in his racism, actually kicking black people out of his buildings, like has a track record of being a redliner and like not (laughs) being. Oh, you mean in his his apartment building? Right. In his in in his business of 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 not, you know, doing 
right by uh, minorities in his business dealings. There's no evidence of that in Robert Sarver's case. And here's the, here's the line here. You you can't fire him or get rid of him because he's a bad person because he says bad things to that degree. I think that this is just close enough. And again, I'm not caping for Robert Sarver. I'm just going not to the reality right, of this. Him saying bad jokes, making things uncomfortable in the workplace isn't enough to get rid of his business, uh, of, of, of his ownership of his business. And that's where I think the line is um, that differentiates this from Donald Sterling is him talking about his wife in lingerie in front of other people and him wanting to say the N-word are really bad and really weird and really uncomfortable. But I don't think it's enough to get him kicked out of his league um, to that degree. And as much as I want to not have these people around, like those other owners, they're thinking like, man, like this could be me. Like I just said this yeah. the other day. Like yep. I can't be, you know. Wait till they find like, my I don't want to. Right, I don't want to blind myself to think that the, there aren't other owners that are like this. We just found out two in the last ten years that there are like this. So, it, is it hard to believe that other owners are in similar cases with how they use their workplace? No. So, uh, uh, with all those reasons, all those reasonings, I don't think he's on. He may get fined, public shaming. He may have to come out with an apology and all that. But I just don't think it's bad enough to get rid of a person in power um that doesn't have the track record of donald sterling of how he abuses his power and is the words and the uncomfortableness of workplace um that may i think he may skirt some actual real punishment this is where i'm gonna uh, push back but this is my argument against your point about you they this just because he says bad things, he won't have to lose his franchise. I think if you look at this day and age, there have been people who have said a lot less than the things that Robert Sarver is alleged to have said and, and have denied. lost it. He shot down all of the terrible things that he said. Well, I think there are people who have said. I think there are people who have allegedly said things and shot them down, and those people still lost their jobs. And so I don't know what makes that different in this day and age. Also, like, let's not, I know there are people who, I know you, you're not saying like a white person saying the N word is like, that's wrong, but I'm like, that's a serious thing. Like, let's not make that sound like that's not a serious offense. And in a league where three quarters of the league is African-American, like, I don't think that just goes over well in not only the Suns locker room, but around the league, like you, I don't think the, and I think the They've league knows playing, that. So, like the coach, I get that. The coach and the GM have caped up for him, and they've been still playing games. If they like, had Russ, how... if they had the tape of him saying that word one time, mm-hmm. it's yeah. a wrap. Yeah, but but it's all going to be Earl Watson's word against his, and I... anyone else's word against his, and Robert Sar- Robert Sarver. Uh, addressed a lot of these things, like we said, all of the really bad allegations, the worst of them, the most sexist and most racist allegations, he has denied. And I'm not sure how much farther things can go from there. They have to find something. They have to find evidence. They have to find a tape 
or an email or a text or something like that. But if they find it once, if they find him saying that word one time, that will be it. This is my thing, man. I think all three of us have heard things that have been said where it's just like, I don't need a tape. I know what I heard. Yeah. Right. I, there's no reason for Earl Watson to lie at this. No, I believe like, him. I believe him. And so they, that sucks. That is just like, hey, man, if you're not say we really can't do nothing about it. Like, <laughs> it's just like, what? Yeah. This is a terrible like person. Go brain. ahead, Tony. Go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's, that's unfortunate, man. Yeah, it, it does suck. Uh, it does suck that the, that, these bad people are in very powerful positions and it seems like when it feels like we have enough evidence or you have enough evidence against this person, that is just not enough to get them out of here. Um, I mean, look at what Daniel Snyder is still in the league. <laughs> like he is still doing things and making money. Like, and we know for a fact that he should be out of here. He should be borderline in prison, probably in prison. But he's still out here. So just the difficulties of doing that, like in in the Donald Sterling example, all of the things came together all at once. Again, he's been in the league for a long time. And then words and saying about him for years that everybody disregard, Baron Davis, um, other people in that worked for Donald Sterling have been saying that for years. And it just now happened in the last, you know, decade or so that they got him out of here um that's how difficult this is to get rid of a person out of their own private business other owners have to hate you like players the league like everybody else had came crashing down on donald sterling in order for him to still make two billion dollars off of his team when he sold it um, I just don't see all of those elements present here to get Robert Sarver out of here. Um, and this is like going to be a warning shot, though. There's going to be now more eyes on him and how he moves and what he does. So maybe the next time he gets him out of here, I just don't think this is enough. I think that one of the issues that came up with Donald Sterling that has not come up with Robert Sarver as of the time that we're recording this is there was a legitimate threat of, and this was during the NBA playoffs when uh, Donald Sterling's controversy came to light, that there were there was a legitimate threat that players were not going to play. And we saw a little bit of that um, with the social justice movement last year, I believe it was. But prior to that had been would have been unprecedented, I believe. Would have, would have been really shocking to see. And I... This may happen between now when we're recording this and Thursday morning when this episode comes out, but there didn't seem to be any kind of movement within the Suns of we're not going to play until he's out. The quotes that I saw from Chris Paul, uh, Devin Booker, and Monty Williams were along the lines of, you know, let's see how the NBA's investigation comes out. I think I mean, if there was a threat, I think if there was a threat, if the Suns were saying, "Hey, we're not coming out unless this guy is at least temporarily temporarily removed, we're not coming out and playing," then I think you know you you'd see some action. Yeah, I mean, Monty Williams went as far as to say, like, if he was like this to me, do you think I would be working here? And I was as soon as he said that, I was like, "Well, 
Robert Sarvers is still going to be here. So, you know, it sucks, but whatever. It does suck, by the way. Like, even what I'm saying, like, when as I'm hearing myself say it about, you know, would, would the players kind of protest or refuse to play, it, That's it's really not fair. Like, it right. sucks that it would be on them, that they would have to do that. That essentially, you know, mm-hmm. the victims, I know that, or the alleged victims, I know that um, the players that I saw quoted at least said that this hadn't been this, their experience or they didn't say anything. They said something just kind of nondescript about it, but like, it shouldn't fall to them. It shouldn't take the threat of them protesting or not playing a game for somebody to to pull him out of there or even for him to voluntarily say, I'm going to step away. I'm going to remove myself now for the betterment of everybody that works for me. And that would be a healthy workplace, I believe. We're really excited to add BetUS to our lovely sponsors here on Sports Adjacent. Like we talked about earlier on the podcast, you're going to log on to BetUS.com. You're going to sign up. They're going to ask you some questions, your name, your address, a little bit of your info. And they're going to ask you where you heard about BetUS. Obviously, you listen to our podcast. That's where you heard about them. You can click podcast in the drop down menu. You're going to type in Sports Adjacent. After that, you're going to want to make a bet. So you're going to make your first deposit of 50 or more dollars. And put in promo code sports adjacent. Now that's going to get you a 125%. That's 125% sign up bonus to make whatever bet you want. NFL, NBA, whatever you want. College football. They have it at betus.com. This week, I'm taking Browns and Patriots. Total right now is set at 45. I'm going to take the under. Obviously, the Browns had a big week last week against Cincinnati, but I don't think Bill Belichick is going to have his team in a position to not play well. So I'm going to take the under 45 in that game. Next game, I got Seattle at Green Bay. Now, Seattle comes in as the underdog here, plus 160 on the money line. I think that's pretty good value. They're supposed to be getting Russell Wilson back, and I think the Seahawks have a chance to upset a Green Bay Packers team that, to be honest, is going through a lot right now. So I'm going to take Seattle. Last but not least, we have Philly in the against the Broncos. Points total set at 44 and a half. I'm going to take the over in this game. Obviously, Philly never knows what they want to do on offense. Some days they can have a big week. Some days they can put up 100 total yards of offense. And the Broncos showed last week against a decent Dallas team, which most people think is going to be in the playoffs, that they can still put up points. So I'm going to take the over in this game, over 44 and a half. I think that's a a really good value this week. BetUS.com, promo code SPORTSADJACENT. 125% 125% sign up bonus. Log on now. Russ, speaking of Chicago coaches that are done talking, would you like to hear the news that we didn't get to? <laughs> yes, please. The Chicago Blackhawks no longer have a coach. Jeremy Colladin was fired as if there's uh, not enough going on with them this season. But um, that's not even what I wanted to talk about with the Blackhawks. You had brought up uh, when we were talking about their scandal, you were surprised to see so many people at that game, the first home game after the scandal. Uh, That has tapered off. From the Chicago Sun-Times, the Blackhawks ticket sales have plummeted to their lowest point since 2008. And uh, two recent games, they had the official attendance at about 16,000. I believe the United Center holds about 22,000 for hockey. And that's that's 16,000 
tickets sold, not 16,000 bodies in the in seats. A t- yeah. yeah gotcha. Butts in the seats number is significantly lower. Yeah, I'm not uh, not shocked by that. Also, I'm going to say with the Jeremy Colleton thing, they made that dude answer for literally everything when, yes. when their organization was on fire. And he had to answer, and he did. Um, to his credit, even things that were not his control but uh yeah it was probably gonna happen it was probably about that time i'll tell you the truth i i don't know enough to tell you whether jeremy collin is a good coach i i just couldn't simply don't know the answer to that oh i do okay is it yes or no uh i'm gonna lean no he's not a good coach okay hockey um, expert tony gill thanks for chiming in yes this man uh, I, I i don't know Shaq but, and uh, but i know Shaq he, I, being a center and the other center in hockey was saying but yeah. Thanks, Tom. Jonathan Taze and Shaq. Jonathan Taze ahead, and Shaq. Jason, my bad. Same uh, I, I don't honestly know, but I know that he got thrown in mid-season and asked to fix a, a colossal mess his first year. And then I believe the next two seasons were the pandemic. And as they're trying to reshuffle their roster and he wants to play defense and they have defensemen that aren't necessarily good at defense, which seems antithetical. Uh, and now he is coaching a very, very flawed roster, obviously, amid a scandal, and they stink. Like, I, I don't know what chance the guy had, really. Yeah, it was they. It was stacked up against them from the beginning. Him and I, I covered the Blackhawks for like three months, if you remember, by the way, when I first came <laughs> yes. to Chicago. Um, me and Colin just didn't really click. I don't have any problem with him, and I don't think he, like, hated me, but uh, he did not take to my – personality and sense of humor the way you know some of the other coaches i've covered are covered have does matt I mean, Nagy find your sense of humor funny i don't know i don't, I don't think know. he does jeremy colladin uh, was very like robotic and uh like he did not exp- I, I once asked him uh, do you experience human emotions uh that was the question and he didn't think that was funny uh, uh, <laughs> oh my god he also oh, didn't like it, 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 as a kind of play off that. I sometimes would refer to him in print as the Colatron three thousand. I think it was, and uh, he didn't like that either. I was told. Uh, Russ Cooper Cup, NFC. My guy. Off- I know, I know, I know. We're recording this on a Sunday, or as Russ calls it, Cooper Cup Day. Uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Month. Uh, you know, everybody wins one of those every now and then. He won it in September and October. That dude is single-handedly uh, winning me a fantasy football league. Two of them, actually. I've drafted him every year since he got into the league. Shout out to my boy Cooper Cup, who uh, on Sunday had 11 receptions for 95 yards, which is a down game yes. for him. Usually, usually he's somewhere around 12 receptions, 140 yards, and a touchdown. I believe that put him over 1,000 yards nine games into the season. Uh, his numbers for October – this was five games now. It worked out there were five Sundays in October, I believe. 38 catches, 557 yards, five touchdowns in October. Just October. The Bears don't have anybody even close to those numbers for the season. He hmm. in now, what is it, 10 games, nine games, 10 games, has eclipsed his total from last season. He had 900 and 74 yards and three touchdowns last season. And he is flying past that in in two months. 
I think he mm. likes the quarterback change. Speaking of the quarterback change, by the way, did you catch any of that game? Did you happen to see the uh, interception that Matt Stafford threw from his own end zone? <laughs> Very Carson Wentz-like. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, bro, uh, just take the sack. Are you familiar with uh, Meta Sandiford Artest, formerly Ron Artest? <laughs> Very much so. Did you need the formerly Ron Artest, or did you know? No, him no, no, no. I, 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 I knew. As soon as you said Meta, I knew you weren't talking about the the new Facebook name. Like, if I, if, if I, how about this way? How about this way? If I had quizzed you and said, "Do you remember formerly? Do you remember Ron Artest? You know, all the way back to the Bulls," and you'd say, "Yes, of course I do," and I said, "What's his name right now?" Would you have gotten that right? No, I would have said uh, the wrong version of his name. Easily, uh, easy mistake to make. I understand. His son goes by a very simple name, Ron Artest the Third, and uh, he had a pair of game worn Kobe's that he had gotten, I believe, from the Lakers, not from Kobe himself, but from the Lakers, uh, and he just he wore them like to play basketball in, and destroyed them. Like the way you would wear out a pair of basketball shoes, he wore out these game-worn Kobe's. Said that when he uh, when he wore them, he felt like he was uh, like he felt like the movie Like Mike, which I have not seen. Do you get that reference? Because I, oh, I I could guess, but I have not seen uh, that movie. Is a a significant part of my childhood. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm what, what, what's the gist of it? What's the gist of it? <sighs> Young orphan. Finds a pair of okay. shoes worn by Michael Jordan. This is what happened to you, or this was what happened this in the movie? It, it's, in, it's in the movie. Jason. Okay. Local or I'm not an orphan. Well, I didn't <laughs> know you start. You said it was just, just stop, like just me, stop, and you started stop, out with the orphan stop. story. Young orphan gets a box from, from the Salvation Army. They have yes. a pair of uh, Nikes in there with okay. the initials MJ on the inside. Hmm. Bully takes the shoes, throws them up on an, um, what the the electrical line. Rainstorm kid tries to go get get them. Lightning bolt hits the transformers, electrifies the shoes and the kid. Shoes electrified. He goes on to win this halftime thing where he plays up a uh, plays against an NBA player. Okay. He puts has the shoes on. He goes crazy. They sign him to a a, a contract. Kid goes off. It's yeah. Watch is it, it little is it Lil Bow Wow? It is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I've seen I've seen a commercial for this. And, and Morris Chestnut. And so what, like the same thing happened to you, but with a pair of Ken Griffey Jr. cleats, or what what do we what's the parallel? Jason. You just, just watched just, it a lot, I think, isn't it? I watched it a ton as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. Like there were some summers to watch that movie every day. Would you still watch it if if I don't know if that movie's on TV, but if you came Absolutely. across it, you probably, you probably wouldn't sit down to watch it like on purpose. But if you came across yeah, it, yes. you'd be dialed in. Shit. What? Yes, I would. It's a staple <laughs> of my childhood, Jason. Tony, did you like yes. that movie too? Uh, I did. I also watched it plenty of times. Um, not as much as Monsters Inc., but it was pretty. It was pretty up there. I saw online, I was like, well, how, how expensive was this pair of shoes? And I saw online signed pairs of game-worn Kobe's were going for somewhere, anywhere. I saw I saw one pair for $124,000, and I saw another pair going for around half a million. Um, it might probably depend on the shoe, depend on what game or whatever. But, I mean, suffice it to say, a pair of game-worn Kobe's, autographed or not, were going to be worth 
you know, a, a, a pretty good, uh, you know, at, at least the equivalent of a new car. Absolutely. And he wore these out playing, I assume, pickup basketball or playing some kind of basketball. Uh, Kanye's soon-to-be ex-wife, Kim Kardashian, seems to be moving on and uh, has been spotted canoodling, Tony, with Pete Davidson of SNL. And my main question was, is this like for a show or something or is this real? Do you guys know? Um. Is it our business? Is my question. I have no, thought celebrities. Yes, Russ. All of the, the celebrities <laughs> doings, all of their canoodlings are our business. I have. I couldn't I have find th- any Megan the Stallion news. Go ahead, Tom. I have thoughts, but in the uh, in the spirit of protecting the show, I will. <laughs> yep. Really. Thank you. Thank really. You. Where's this Thank guy you. been? And finally, for Russ. eight months. And finally, Russ, a pig in Amersham, England, has fathered 71 piglets. It's been a wild year for this boar. Man, his a name wild is, boy. Yeah, very wild. Uh, his a name wild is Blank. boar. That's right. Thank Although he's, he's not really wild. He's on a farm. Uh, his name is Blanket. And uh, they, they figured out what he was up to. They figured out what his deal was when he uh, escaped his enclosure and started going to town on uh, not one, but two sows in front of a group of people that was there for a tour. So they got a lot more than they go ahead. Blanket was a wild boy under those sheets, huh? Well, it was not under the sheets, which that was a good, that was a good shot, Tony. That was a good shot, Tony. That was a good shot. I'll give you that one. (laughs) Really? Go ahead, Jason. It's better than the ones he made earlier. Uh, he was uh, he was using a little bench to kind of get out of the enclosure that he was in, so it was, it was resourceful. Um, and uh, he must have been a, a a smart boar because he like went back into it. They went a while where they hadn't figured out that this is what was happening. He would go back into his enclosure after his adventures, and uh, this place found that of their new piglets, eighty percent of them they only have two, uh, whatever they would call them, breeding boars on this farm and 80% of the new piglets had come from blankets line only 20% from the other breeding boar whose name is Milo. And now they have these extra measures in place to keep blanket where he's supposed to be. And, you know, so they don't have another uh, ill-fated tour group like this, but the, uh, the staff Russ at this farm described blanket as quote, very handsome and confident. And then obviously also they said uh, that he's uh, quote, a horny hog. This is another Russ? case. This is Tony, case. I swear, I knew, I knew he was. I knew, I knew. Oh my god, I knew, I knew he was gonna say something, and I started shaking my head right before, and I was just like, Tony, I swear. <laughs> I knew it. It's his favorite. It's his favorite. It's his only joke. Like that's what that would be his set. Where did he go? Did he fall on the he floor? Knew, like, he's, he, like, he's in shame. He's hiding off camera in shame because I knew exactly where he was going. I don't understand what the joke is. I don't know. man. I, it don't matter. Russ is, a, <laughs> Russ is an make, upstanding, a, Russ is an upstanding uh, responsible, responsible person. Doesn't Tony's supposed to be work. my friend, man. I, over the last eight months, I found out. Tony's only friend is content. Right. Honestly. I'm ending this the show, another, Tony. This is another case, though, Russ, of uh, 
you know, the humans and the animals having very different views on what happened in a situation. Like, like there was a jaguar that escaped a few years ago from its enclosure at the New Orleans Zoo, and it went around just like killing other things. And the human media reported it as like, you know, jaguar goes on killing spree. And but you know, if there was a newspaper for jaguars, it would have headline would have been like jaguar has awesome day. And I feel like that's the case here with blanket. You know, the humans are like, oh, how do we keep Blanket from getting out of his enclosure? And Blanket's like, this is the best farm I've ever been to. This is awesome. Tony, can I end the show, please? Can you get back in frame? Jesus. I want <laughs> I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's episode of Sports Adjacent. As always, shout out to our sponsors, BetUS. You can go to BetUS.com, use promo code Sports adjacent to get a 125% sign-up bonus when you put in a minimum deposit of $50. Uh, there's also a drop-down box in the sign-up where you can say where you heard about BetUS. Obviously, you're hearing on our lovely podcast, and you type in sports adjacent. Also, um, go on obviousshirts.com and use promo code adjacent10 to get 10% off and free shipping. We have a lot of um Shirts over there available. Obviously, shirts has a lot of good stuff over there. New stuff every day. Um, make sure you go on Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher. Check out our podcast. Leave us review five stars. Tell all your friends about it. Before I let everybody go, Tony, can you breathe? Are you are you okay now? I'm did good. Even, Just did you even say anything? So many similarities with blanket. I have so many. no similarities. No, none. I mean, views himself as handsome and views Con- himself. Yeah, handsome and confident. It's a and confident, confident. Honey hog. All right, all right. That's that's enough. That's enough. That was you. the quote from one of the farmers, Russ. That's enough. I can't Tony. control what Tony does with that's that. That's enough of Tony Gill. <laughs> Thank you to everybody out there listening. For Russ Dorsey. Tony Gill, who is not my friend today. (laughs) We will see everybody next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.